Hello, welcome to this Aladdin Overy Brexit podcast. My name is Martin Dowdall and I'm an associate in our financial regulatory practice. This podcast is part of a series which explores the detail of the TPR, which the UK government is putting in place in the, in the event of a hard or no-deal Brexit. The focus of this podcast will be on the TPR as it applies to the following firms. Payments Institutions, or PIs, Registered Account Information Service Providers, or Registered ASPs if you prefer, who passport into the UK under the second Payment Services Directive. And it also applies to Electronic Money Institutions, or EMIs, who passport into the UK under the second Electronic Money Directive. The EBA singled out payment institutions and e-money institutions in its press statement on the 17th of December 2018. In that statement, the EBA publicly expressed concerns over the preparations of payment institutions and e-money institutions and their communications with their customers who might be affected by a hard Brexit. The availability of the TPR is, therefore, of crucial importance for these firms. Joining me today to discuss this are Nikki Johnston, a senior associate, and Hina Vasu, a senior PSL in our financial regulatory practice. Thanks, Martin. As an aside, it's worth mentioning that banks are a further category of firm which provide payment services and or issue electronic money in the UK. Banks do so under a CRD4 passport. For further information regarding the TPR regime relating to banks, please see our separate podcast. Nikki, uh, I'll start with you, if I may. What is the aim of the TPR and why do we need it? Yeah, sure. Um, So back in December 2017, the UK government confirmed that it would bring forward legislation to set up a temporary permissions regime, or we're calling it the TPR, for inbound passported EEA firms and investment funds to allow them to continue to perform their regulated activities in the UK for a limited time after the UK leaves the EU. The aim of the TPR is to reduce the harm to firms of abruptly losing the ability to passport their services into the UK, as well as allowing them to undertake new business that falls within the scope of their existing permissions, um, but also to service its existing business. Now, once the EU Withdrawal Act of 2018 received royal assent at the end of June 2018, Treasury started work on the secondary legislation required to ensure that the UK continues to have a functioning financial services regulatory regime in the event of a hard Brexit. Henal, so in relation to EMIs, PIs and registered ASPs, what TPR framework applies to those firms? Indeed, Martin, the primary piece of legislation that sets out the applicable TPR regime is called the Electronic Money Payment Services and Payment Systems Amendment and Transitional Provisions, EU Exit Regulations 2018. This was enacted on the 20th of November 2018, and given it's a rather lengthy title, we'll just refer to it as the TPR regulations. I think that's a good idea. So, what do the TPR regulations actually do? Well, the TPR regulations will amend the UK e-money regulations and the UK payment services regulations, which form the cornerstone of the UK electronic money and payment services regimes. The changes brought about by the TPR regulations largely anticipate the impact of a hard Brexit, under which EEA firms providing payment services and e-money services on a cross-border or branch basis in the UK will lose their passporting rights. Thanks, Hinault. So, uh, I understand that the FCA has also published a consultation paper on this, uh, CP1829, which is a great read. 
This provides further details on uh, TPR and how it applies to these firms. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. The consultation closed on the 7th of December uh, of last year, so we're expecting the final policy statement to be available um, hopefully by the beginning of March. So, Nikki, how can these firms take advantage of the TPR under the TPR regulations? To be eligible for the TPR, firms must, before the Brexit date, be authorised in the EEA and, depending on the type of firm, use their passport to provide e-money and or payment services in the UK. EMIs, PIs and registered ASPs, which meet that criteria, um, will then need to make a TPR notification in order to avail themselves of the TPR. The form will set out any e-money and payment services that the applicant firm is entitled to carry on in the UK and those services which it will be able to continue to provide under the TPR. Thanks, Nikki. Hino, Nikki mentions a TPR notification. Um, Could you explain to us when that notification has to be made? Certainly, Martin. By way of background, on the 19th of December last year, the FCA published two directions. First, a direction which applies to notifications that must be made by electronic money institutions. And second, a direction which applies to notifications that must be made by payment institutions. In view of these FCA directions, firms authorised in another member state who wish to continue to operate in the UK post-Brexit will importantly need to make a notification to the FCA between the 7th of January and the 28th of March by submitting the firm temporary permission notification using the FCA Connect system. Nikki, for my benefit, in simple terms, what do you have to put in your TPR notification? Sure. Now, happily, the temporary permission notification form is pretty straightforward. Um, It's intended to be populated with just some factual and high-level information on the firm and its activities. Um, So when a firm enters its firm reference number, um, its passporting permissions are going to be pre-populated. Incidentally, it's not going to be possible to edit the section which contains those passported permissions. Um, If it turns out that the regulated activities shown are incorrect, um, a firm is going to have to contact its home state regulator to rectify this. Um, Subsequently, the firm is then required to give its main area of business, um, the number of UK clients by type, details of its safeguarding arrangements, which we'll touch on later, um, and whether the firm provides services in the UK um, through any agents. Additionally, it's worth noting that if a firm plans to use agents, branches or distributors for the provision of their regulated e-money and payment services in the UK post-Brexit, it's important that they notify the FCA. Um, The FCA, in fact, in CP 1829 specifically acknowledges that currently an inward passporting PI, EMI or registered ASP may use an agent to provide payment and e-money services in the UK if those agents are registered with the firm's home state regulator. But once the UK has left the EU, agents will not be able to provide such services in the UK on behalf of PIs, EMIs or registered ASPs, unless importantly the relevant firm notifies the FCA of their agents through the notification form of which we spoke earlier. And those agents appear on the FS register by Brexit day. Thanks, Enol. So is it right to say that the TPR notification form itself does not contemplate further engagement or dialogue with the FCA? That's absolutely correct, Martin. Um, However, in practice, the FCA may be interested to know what the firm's plans are for its business um, after TPR elapses, particularly in view of the EBA's recent statements on the 17th of December uh, 2018, in which it expressed concerns, as you mentioned, over the preparedness of payment institutions and money institutions in the event of a hard Brexit. Nikki, once a firm has made this TPR notification, what is its regulatory status? 
Um, well, provided the firms made the TPR notification on time, um, it will be treated as an authorised EMI or, or an authorised PI or registered ASP in the UK um, during uh, the transitional regime. Um, the transitional regime will end three years after the Brexit date, although it is possible um, that this period will be extended. Um, but once the TPR does end, um, the firm will no longer be able to conduct its regulated business in the UK unless it's obtained its own separate FCA authorization to do so. Um, that being said, the firm's transitional authorization under the TPR could be cancelled earlier by the FCA um, in some circumstances. Um, you know, one example is if the EMI um, in question hasn't issued e-money in the UK for 12 months following Brexit date, um, or similarly, if it hasn't provided payment services um, for that 12-month period following Brexit date. Um, these are cases where the FCA could exercise its discretion um, to cancel um, a firm's uh, transitional authorization. Hinal, let's say a firm is in the TPR, what happens if it decides to make a change to its business model? Does it have to provide a notification about that? And if so, to whom? Absolutely, Martin. Well, as mentioned earlier, the TPR notification indicates the e-money and payment services that the firm is entitled to carry on in the UK by virtue of its passport. But if the firm subsequently uh, seeks to change its business model, it will be required to notify the FCA of any material change to the information contained in or accompanying its TPR notification. Okay, Possibly an unfair question, but what does material change mean? Um, unfortunately, the FCA hasn't provided any guidance on this. And, and similarly, um, we haven't been given any clear guidance in the TPR regulations on the consequences of failing to make a, a material change notification. Um, so I think firms should consider carefully um, whether they would need to make a material change notification um, whilst it's availing of the transitional regime. Um, it's quite possible that a material change notification could be triggered um, where the type of regulated business um, or regulated activities that the firm is performing um, changes uh, during the transitional regime. Thanks, Nikki. So you mentioned earlier that provided the relevant firm makes the TPR notification on time, it will be treated as an authorised EMI, uh, an authorised PI, or an authorised registered ASP in the UK. What are the consequences of that? What does that mean? Yeah, that's right. So under the TPR regulations, um, and again, assuming um, it makes a TPR notification, um, a firm will either be deemed to be an authorised EMI for the purposes of the EMRs. Um, previously, it would have fallen within the definition of an EEA authorised EMI. Um, alternatively, an authorised PI or registered ASP um, for the purposes of the PSRs. Um, previously, it would have fallen within the definition of an EEA authorised payment institution um, or an EEA registered account information service provider. Um, as a result, and to answer your question, references in the EMRs to an authorised EMI um, or in the PSRs to an authorised PI um, would largely need to be read as now including these types of firms. Um, this means that a transitional firm would now need to comply with many parallel prudential and conductive business requirements under the UK and EEA regimes. Um, whilst we'd expect the applicable requirements under the EMRs and PSRs to be largely similar to those that are in the EEA, 
Um, it's really important for firms to undertake a detailed gap analysis and identify what differences there are between the UK and EEA regimes. Absolutely, Nikki. And additionally, the FCA and CP 1829 proposes that firms who are availing themselves of the TPR should, among other things, be required to contribute to the costs of the single financial guidance body and also be subject to the compulsory jurisdiction of the FOS and the FCA's complaints handling rules and related guidance. So firms indeed will have to bear this in mind when going forward. Nikki, you mentioned that firms would need to conduct a gap analysis to identify any material differences in the rule set that would apply to them as a TPR firm. Could you give us an indication of any specific differences or risks that you have identified of which you think firms should be aware? Yeah, of course. I mean, one possible area of difference in the context of both the EMRs and the PSRs is safeguarding. Um, some requirements under the EMRs or the PSRs are going to be dis- disapplied for transitioning firms. Um, unfortunately, the safeguarding requirements aren't one of those. Um, in the case of the EMRs, for example, the safeguarding requirements under the EMRs are typically met by an EMI holding funds in a safeguarding account um, for which no person other than the e-money institution may have any interest in or right over the relevant funds placed in the safeguarding account. Um, There is, however, a risk that the UK's approach here to safeguarding um, may not be equivalent to or compatible with another EU country's approach. Absolutely. But on the point of safeguarding, the FCA has also helpfully stated in CP 1829 that the requirement to evidence necessary compliance with UK safeguarding rules could be met, for example, by providing the FCA with a letter from the PI or EMI's bank, which provides their safeguarding account. The fundamental point to note, however, as as Nikki mentioned, is that none of this is grounds for complacency. As the FCA can cancel the firm's temporary authorisation under the TPR if the firm doesn't satisfy the FCA that it's taken adequate measures for the purposes of safeguarding in accordance with the requirements of the UK EMRs, or in the case of payment institutions, PSRs. Nikki, you mentioned before that the TPR ends three years after the big day, after the Brexit date. Is it possible for a firm to leave the TPR before that point to become a fully authorised UK firm? Yes. Now, we've we discussed in one of our earlier podcasts about the landing slot approach um, that the FCA has adopted for transitioning firms authorised under FISMA. Um, so FISMA uh, transitioning firms will be given an application period or a landing slot to submit their application for full UK authorisation. Um, their temporary permission um, is therefore going to last for a maximum of three years. Um, but the period will, of course, vary depending on when they're asked to submit their application for full UK authorisation. Um, on the other hand, at the moment, um, no landing slot approach like this has been um, instated for PIs or EMIs. Um, the FCA has stated in its consultation paper that PIs, EMIs and registered APEs uh, will need to let the FCA know within a year of the Brexit date how they propose to leave the transitional regime. Um, so we're hoping that details of how to do this um, will be set out by the FCA uh, pretty soon. So... Nikki Heenal, what are the options for EEA firms who instead wish to continue to provide payments or e-money services to UK clients post-Brexit? Options for EEA firms wishing to continue to provide these services include the following. First, in the case of EEA PIs and also EMIs which provide payment services that are unrelated to e-money issuance, these firms will have to establish an authorised or registered UK subsidiary 
to provide services in the UK when the temporary permission regime ends. However, it's important to note that actually the position is different in relation to EEA EMIs, which only provide payment services in relation to e-money issuance, and EEA-registered ASPs. This subset of firms will in fact have to become authorised or registered to continue providing services in the UK when their temporary permission ends, but will not have to set up a UK subsidiary. That's right. Firms are going to have to give some thought um, as to how they're going to structure their operations and exactly when they're going to notify the FCA, um, which, as we mentioned, has to be done within a year of the Brexit date, um, about how they're going to propose to leave uh, the transitional regime. Um, To that end, we'd naturally recommend that firms obtain legal advice. And we have got quite a few people here who'd be delighted to help. Nikki, then. So let's assume that a firm does want to set up a new subsidiary, a new co. That new co will be a UK authorised EMI or PI, and they want to do that sooner rather than later. Does that mean that the firm would have to notify the FCA that it intends to cease providing regulated services in the UK by the end of the CPR? Yeah, exactly right. Um, the, the firm would also likely need to notify the FCA of that material change um, to its TPR notification as a result of transferring its regulated business to a new co um, during the course of the TPR. Absolutely. And more generally, EA firms that are considering seeking FCA authorization for their business post-TPR should contact their usual ANO contact in good time. We'd be, as Nikki mentioned, delighted to assist you in this process. And on a point of housekeeping, we'd allow a couple of months at least for preparing the UK application. And the FCA would then have three months to consider the application, assuming that it's substantially complete. So indeed, we would encourage firms to turn their minds to this as soon as possible. Penal. Nikki, thank you very much for that. Thanks for your time. I thought that was an interesting overview of the TPR. If you are interested in learning more about this, then we've got lots and lots of information on our Brexit law website. (laughs) 